Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Good morning, Island Church. Good morning, Facebook family. Everyone that is tuning in to hear the word of God today, we thank you. We thank you for tuning in, and we thank you for uh, coming to hear what the Lord has to say. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God. Well, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to to what the what's been going on with the releasing of our COVID here, but praise God, church, we get to come back and meet legally after the after June 29th, which is which is an absolute blessing. Amen. It's an absolute blessing. Uh, we we've been praying that this would happen by the by the end of the month or the or this last meeting they'd have this month. And and God is so faithful, Church. I mean that that will encourage somebody. You know that God God is faithful. He is still here to to meet our requests, to meet our needs. He he is he is here for each and every one of us. Amen. So praise God for it. So be thankful about it. But in that be uh. Be be in prayer that there's not going to be you know, some crazy restrictions and things that is going to make it very hard and hinder you know churches to come back together because not every church is our size. I mean, there's churches in this nation, you know, like you know All Nations Church and, and different churches, uh, you know, throughout throughout Ireland that have uh, that have more than a hundred people. Amen. So so let's let's believe God that there won't be hard restrictions that they'll be able to come in and meet together and have. Uh, have uh, have the Holy Ghost move and do the things that they're calling to do. Why? Because the Word tells us we need to we need to come together as a family. We need to not forsake the gathering as these times are drawing near. You say, what are these times? The very times we're living in. Amen. As we get closer and closer and closer to Jesus coming back, we need to be meeting more often, meeting with more intensity, having greater greater anticipation for God to be doing things and moving in our life. Amen. So so let's uh so let's make sure we're, we're doing those things, moving in the right direction. Amen. Now, now, with that being said, uh, you know, thank God. Hopefully, we can get done with these videos here here pretty soon. <laughs> Amen. Kimberly was just talking about that before we got started, saying, "Thank you, Jesus. We are not going to have to do these videos for much longer." So, so that's good. So that's good. Well, well, how many of you have heard this saying? I don't know if this is a if this is an American saying or if this is said around the world, but but there's some things that that are said. People will go over in the U.S. They'll say. The, the things that you don't know won't hurt you. Have any of you ever heard that? You know, what what you don't know won't hurt you. Now, there's 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 there is a bit of reality to that. Amen. That that the things that you don't know, uh, some of the things and and you know and sin that we don't know. If we if we don't get involved with those things, it won't hurt us. You, you know, there's a but uh, but church there the, on the spiritual side of that, the things that we don't know will bring absolute destruction into our lives. Amen. It will bring absolute destruction into our lives. You know, so this is why this is why we have a desire to come to church. This is why we, we need to meet as a church. Amen. Because the things that we don't know on the spiritual side, they will absolutely destroy you. It will it will leave a it will leave the the door open for the adversary and wreak havoc in your life. You know, the, the Bible tells us that that my parish lack for uh, a parish for, for a lack of knowledge, huh? What I say? Ah, oh, well, my my people perish. <laughs> Thank you for for uh, for a lack of knowledge, and it's not that the knowledge isn't out there. It's because they refuse it, they reject it, they push back against it because they don't receive it. You know, you want to know some of the reasons why things are going on in the U.S. the way it is right now, where people are are burning buildings down, people are murdering cops, or there's there's craziness going on in the streets over there. The the reason that that's happening right now is because because there's a lack of knowledge over there. There's a lack of knowledge from the things 
from the spiritual side of things and, and people are yielding under their fleshly desires, under carnal desires. Church, I'm telling you, it's okay to, to protest. I mean, it's good to, to do peaceful protesting. There's, there's great things we can be doing as the body of Christ and standing up for Christian things, but, but I'm telling you, anarchy is, is anarchy. Immorality is immorality. And the only thing that are going to change these things in our life is having the Word. The Word getting deep down in our spirit, changing our spirit, man, and then releasing those things into the world. It's the same way here, church. It's the same way on this island right here, you know, from, our, from a lack of knowledge, amen, for, for rejecting knowledge, for, for things you don't know. It's, it's been, it's been, it, it, it's, it's brought terror on the, on this island for, 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 for many and many and many years, church. We, we need to, we need to be people that release the knowledge. We need to be seeking after knowledge. We need to be seeking after, after the things of God and allow them to get put in because the things that we don't know in the spirit side, it's going to destroy us, church. We need to be pressing in and the, as these days pass. As, you know, I, I was, okay, I, I was, I was running, I was running the other day. Amen. I was running down the street and there's a, there's a t-shirt I like to wear. Amen. It's a, a T-shirt that I used to have from a ministry that I used to uh, that I used to be associated with, and on the back of it, it says, "If you meet me and, for, and forget me, he goes, you, you've lost nothing. But if you meet Jesus and forget him, you've lost everything." Amen. Now. As I was jogging, you know, because I'll pass a few people, you know, people drive by, and I was always like, oh, praise God, at least they get to see this on, on the back of my shirt, you know, so on and so forth. But I was sitting there just chatting with God about that is, you know, and I, I like the, I like the, the, the verbiage of that because it takes, you know, the focus off a of man and puts it on Jesus. But as I, as I was sitting there running down the street and I was like, you know, you know, that's right, they don't need to know me. These people don't need to know my name around here, you know, but all they do need, all they need to know is you, amen. But the Lord stopped me as I, as I, as, well, he didn't stop me running but he stopped my thinking as I, as I was running down the street and he said he said you Jesus is on the inside of you I'm on the inside of you if people people get to know you by by reading my word but also by knowing you we we are Jesus we are as many people say we are we're a reflection but see we don't need to be just be a reflection of Jesus amen we we are Jesus we are his people we are we are made one with him and we get to release those things out into the world around us so so we need to be mindful church we need to be mindful of the things we put in we need to be mindful of what we're doing out on the streets because everything you do represents god we are his ambassadors we are walking in his authority everything that we do is a representation of jesus himself you want to know why some people don't like don't like jesus they don't they don't want to serve god it's because a lot of things that the church has done in the past amen because we 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 lack knowledge we'd rather live by our own denominational doctrines we'd rather do everything we want to do and then and then ask god to bless i'm telling you church I'm telling you, church, we need to get back to this place where, where the things that we don't know, that they do hurt us. Hey, man, we're not, we, need, we need to dig into the spiritual things of the Word, the spiritual things, you know, allow the Holy Ghost to minister to us, you know, allow, allow church to be, to be something serious to us again and not just, uh, not just something we go to hang out with on a, on a, uh, on a Sunday and a Wednesday. Amen. Now, I will, uh, I think I'm going to uh, leave that there. I didn't mean to, to go so oomph in that, in that direction there. But, uh, but let's see what, uh, let me turn this over to Kimberly. And so we can kind of get moving over here and we'll see what, see what you have for us, my dear. Good morning, oh, church. Oh. Uh, we're going to kind of backtrack just a little bit here to the end of First um, Corinthians chapter 6 again. So if you remember the last couple of weeks we've been... Um, studying the words uh, that Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church in Corinth. 
and um, we find ourselves here in chapter six where he has had to address uh, some things that they had going on in their midst um, that weren't right, and he is trying to get the point across to them of, of why, what is the deeper issue? You know, these are all symptoms that, that are presenting themselves, um, and he is trying to get to the heart of the matter. And here at the end of the chapter, he says some really impactful words that I don't just want to pass by. I want to spend a little time on him. So if we look down in verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And I just want to take a, a little bit of time to go over those statements. Um, you know, there's whole sermons based on these two verses. <laughs> there's so much in them. Uh, they're such a um, valuable revelation if we will get a hold of them. No. So just kind of focusing on these statements of you're not your own, you're bought with a price. You know, you actually don't belong to yourself. We have a way that we have to see ourselves. Um, you do serve a master. <laughs> You, you serve one of two masters. There's only two to serve. So either you serve the God of this world or you serve the God of the kingdom of heaven. There's one way or the other. There's this great delusion, this great deception that you can be your own man. You can be your own woman. You serve yourself. You do your own thing. That is complete nonsense. <laughs> like it doesn't exist. Um, if you serve yourself, if you're self-serving, if you're self-seeking, you're serving the God of this world. Mm. Um, you know, he, he is a master and he's a cruel master and he delights in selfishness. He delights in self-seeking. He delights in any way he can deceive us into rebellion against the true master, the true king that we are to serve. Um, so I just want to read to you a, a bit of a story that hopefully will, you know, help us understand this. I was studying some of what Rick Renner's written about this and the, the verbiage in these words um, from the Greek has to do with buying a slave. So this, these words about, you know, you were bought with a price. Um, you know, it's really the story of all of humanity is a story of a, a person who's in slavery, a person who is owned by a very cruel master, a person who has a very abusive master, a person who um, is doing the will of the master, but this master is very crafty and he's very deceitful because he knows that the people he's enslaved really don't belong to him. Mm. He knows that they're made mm. for something much better, but his whole, uh, his whole purpose is to deceive them into never realizing that. So he holds them captive in this very um, dark, dingy place where he convinces them that this is what they're made for, that this is all that they are. And, you know, there's another master that comes along. There's a master that is royal, a master that is actually a king, a master that uh, is willing to pay such an exorbitant, ridiculous price for one slave, for one person who is entrapped in this darkness. And, you know, he comes along to rescue the slave out of the evil hands of this master to pay this great price. And, you know, the offer is made for this slave to be set free from the evil master. 
but it's still up to the slave to accept that or not. You know, and unfortunately, there's a lot of slaves who stay in, um, in slavery to the evil master, and mm. they don't accept the offer that's made to them. You know, but what I want us to focus on today, because I know we as a people, we've accepted, we've accepted, you know, what this new kingly master has offered us. Um, but there's something that we have to do beyond that. Uh, you know, if we imagine that the slave accepts the offer and he's set free from this horrible, you know, situation that he was in, he's given a new name, he's given a new home, he's given a new identity, he's given a new song, he's given a robe of righteousness, he's given every, you know, valuable treasure that is available in the king's house. He's given a place at the king's table. And, you know, in doing that, Instead of embracing all that's offered and learning the new perfect ways of this king and the king's household, you know, what if the slave returns to the old evil master and continues serving him? Hmm. He doesn't belong to him anymore. He doesn't have to live in those filthy rags. He doesn't have to go back to that place. But what if this, what if this slave chooses to go back and do the old master's bidding? What if he chooses to turn away from what's been offered him? Um, you know, this new master, when he came and he saw him in slavery, he saw something far beyond the filth that he was covered in. Hmm. He saw the potential of who he was made to be. He saw him as royalty. And when he wanted to take him into his home, he expected him to start learning how to act like royalty, to start learning how to act like part of his household. But the slave has a choice to make. He can go back and serve that old master. Mm. And, you know, when we think about it in those terms, we think, how ridiculous. You know, why? Why, when you're offered the perfection, the best of a kingdom, the, all the love lavished upon you, why would you turn away from that and go back to a pigsty and go back to doing the lowliest work and go back to being you know, enslaved to somebody who doesn't even own you anymore? Why would no. you do that? And this is the story that Paul is telling the people of Corinth. You know, you don't have to go back to it. Don't go back to the pigsty. Don't go back to that lowly work because you're not made for it. You're royalty, you're part of the king's household, and it's time for you to start acting like it. <laughs> so, you know, we have a new nature, we have freedom from sin. Our new master lavishes us with the best of everything and longs for us to learn his ways, the ways of perfection and righteousness, the ways that rescued us from that destructive, nasty place that we used to be trapped in. Mm. Um, so we have to come to that revelation of whose we are, who we belong to, uh, we're not our own. We were bought with a very great and precious price of the blood of Jesus, a priceless price. Mm. Uh, Titus 2.14 says, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us, to pay the ransom from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people who are his own possession, who are zealous for good works. You know, that is the purpose. That is what we're meant for. Um, I can even see this in our daughter, Lucy, you know, 
coming from knowing nothing but an orphanage up to the age of six. You know, that's who she knew she was. She didn't know anything other than that. And when she came into our family, we started to teach her that she was part of something better. She was meant to be a daughter. She was meant to be beloved and accepted into a family. That's who she was meant to be, and there were so many benefits to it. But she had to learn how to start living those benefits out, how to start receiving those benefits. She had to get rid of some of that orphan mentality. She had to get rid of some of the ways that she had always known to do things. And it is... It's been a process, you know, it is a continuing, ongoing process. But more and more, day by day, she's learning who she is, you know, whose she is, and she's learning the benefits of being part of the family that God put her in, the family that God created her to be in. And, um, you know, that's just what God um, wants for all of us, you know, that He didn't leave us as orphans, He adopted us into yeah. His family. He invited us to his table. He invited us to be a part of the very best and to partake of the very best and to live out the very best. So, you know, I think if, if Paul can get this revelation to these people in Corinth, you know, we can get that same revelation. We can start walking in it. We can leave behind those deeds and those works of lawlessness that, that don't belong in the king's household. They don't belong to who we are now. So I just encourage you all to to really meditate on those things this week. Really see where can I get even deeper revelation in this area, Lord, because we can always go deeper in it. Wherever you are, you can always go deeper. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a that was a that was a good word, good message, great example on our daughter too. That's a, a praise the Lord. Those are uh, some things that we definitely need to, to work on. You know, thank God for his grace. Amen. Uh, the grace of God. It's a, it's an amazing thing that we, that, uh, that we need to grab a hold of. We need to yield to. Amen. And, uh, to, to, uh, to be completed in our perfection that God has already given us. Amen. So, so praise, praise the Lord for that. I want to, uh, I want to jump in with what I'm, uh, uh, what I'm going to be talking with today, because I got a lot of stuff to cover. So, so uh, if you would, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter six, and I'm going to just go over our foundational scriptures here real quick. In verse ten, it says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might." It says, "Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Don't lean on your own power. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might." He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or these attacks or these contests of the devil. He goes, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. Uh, you know, this is, remember church, this is, this is, this is what we're dealing, dealing with right now in the world. We're not, we're, our, our war is not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. But against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. In heavenly places, he says, Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, he goes, he goes, because, you know, the adversary, your devil's coming against you to contest you, to, to make you doubt the word of God, to, 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 to bring a, uh, to bring a conf- uh, affliction in your life. He goes, he goes, I've given, I've given you this armor, put on this whole armor of God, not just one or two, just put, put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand victorious, not just, not just be victorious, but remain victorious in everything you do. He says, so how do we stand? You stand like this. You 
said, he says, uh, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. The first thing and the first and foremost things we all need to do as Christians is put on this, this loin belt of truth. Amen. Put on, put on the word of God and let it undergird everything. It is what connects every piece of armor and gives strength to every piece of armor that we have to have. See, when you put on the word of God, then you can put on his righteousness. You don't have to lean on your own righteousness, the things that, that you can do to get into the presence of God. You lean on his righteousness, the righteousness that Jesus imputed upon each and every one of us, and we can boldly come to that throne. He says, and with your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, not the gospel of condemnation, but the gospel of peace. He says, and above all, take above, above all of yourself, take this shield of faith where you may be able to quench every fiery arrow or every fiery dart of the wicked one. He goes, and then take on, take the helmet of salvation, take the fullness of salvation, not just getting out of hell free. Amen. Take, take the fullness of that, of salvation. Your, your healing, you're being made whole, uh, getting delivered. Take, take a hold of all that salvation has to offer you and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, when we have the, when we have this when we have the word of God, the logos word of God as our foundation in our lives, then we can have what? Then we can have the rhema word of God. When we, that, what do I mean by that? When you're, when you're studying the word of God, God will actually speak forth from this word of God. And it'll be not just you reading lines on a page. It'll be God speaking forth unto you. And then when you get into your prayer life, God will speak unto you. And what can you do with this? These, these are like the, the, death, the death jabs that you can have for the adversary. When he comes against you to try to con- bring confliction in your life to to contest the things of the word of God. And you can, you can fight back with the sword of the spirit, the actual rhema words, the spoken word of God that he's spoken into your spirit. You can push back with, with those things. Amen. And it says, praying always in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He goes, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly and be made, be made known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, as I ought to speak. Now, now, the Holy Spirit through Paul here is talking. He says that we need to pray always. I mean, this is where we've been after the last couple of weeks, that we, need to, that we need to pray always. We need to pray in every situation. We need to pray without ceasing, not just on the, on the big things of life, but on the small things of life. Why? Because when we pray on the small things, it makes the big things that much easier to hear and yield to what the Word of God and what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to tell us to do. Amen. Don't, don't allow prayer to be your last resort. Amen. Allow it to be your first resort and everything. Don't, don't allow everything to fail in your life. And, and then, okay, I guess I'll, I'll pray and see what the Lord has. No, no, make it, make it, make it your, uh, 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 give yourself the ability to, to seek God on everything you do before the failures come. Why? Because he, he'll lead you into perfection. He'll lead you to where everything you do will be a success. Amen. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but he'll lead you down the paths of righteousness. He'll, he'll lead you into the green, the green grass. He'll lead you into the still water. Amen. Our, our God is that good. Amen. You say, well, well, pastor, what if I do if I don't have a leading of the Holy Ghost. It's simple. Ask him. Amen. If you don't have a leading that you don't have something clarified on the inside, ask him. Why? Because he will reveal what he wants you to do. He desires to lead us. He desires to direct us. He is that good. Amen. We have to, we have to get to the place where we trust the word of God over everything in our life. It has to be our foundation. We have to trust this loin belt of truth that it is our foundation in everything in our life. Because when it is, then you can take a hold of First John 5. Amen. First John 5, chapter, uh, verse 15, it says, if you know 
that he hears us when we make a request or whatever things we ask from, then we know that we have the request that we ask. Amen. It is just that simple. When you trust in the word of God and allow it to be your foundation in everything in your life, you can trust that when I pray, God hears me. He doesn't have his ear turned off to me. He hears me. And if he hears me, he's going to give the request that I am asking for. It's just that simple. Why? Because God is that good. Church, God is that good. He loves you that much where he desires to give you the desires that are in your heart. I mean, he desires to do these things. He's not trying to hinder you. He's not trying to distract you. He's not trying to hold things from you. He's trying to provide exits for you. He's trying to, trying to provide correction in your walk. He's trying to provide great things in your life if you'll just seek him and know that he has it for you. Amen. So what does this mean? So does this mean, church, that, that God will give you everything that you ask? And anything that I ask, God's going to give it to me because, because of these verses. Well, well, yes and no. Amen? Let me say that. Well, God give us everything that we ask. I'll say yes and no. It's a yes and no. What do I mean by it? Well, no, God will not give us every single thing we ask. Amen? He's not going to give you every desire of your flesh. Amen? God's not gonna, God, he's not going to get you in a position or put you in a position or, or help you get into the a position where you, can, where you can commit sin, where you can do things that are contrary to the word of God. He's not going to put, you know, if you're struggling with adultery or sleeping around with everyone on your block, he's not going to put these girls in, in front of you to do these things. That's not, that's not our God. He's not doing those things. He's not going to hinder you and harm you. He's going to try to get you out of those things. Amen. Church, he's not gonna he's not gonna trust you with great with great riches, amen. Unless unless he can trust you with them, amen. He's not gonna give you something that that will that will be like a cancer unto you and render you render you useless for the kingdom of God, amen. No, 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 no. He's not he's not gonna give you things that harm you. He's gonna give you everything to help you, amen. To train you. Now he's given us his word to to and he says that he wants to provide for us. He wants to prosper us. He wants to do these things, but he doesn't want to give you things before a time. Before your time, I guess I should say, before you can handle things because he doesn't want to destroy you. George, he, he loves you. He loves you. He has good things for you. But if we keep pressing, if you keep trying to, um, to, to see God for certain things, I, I'll tell you, God will give you some things even if it's not in his will. You say, well, what do I mean by that? If we, if, if we are led by our fears, if we're led by our emotions, if we're led by intellectualism, this is why I tell you it's so, so important for us to be led by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. Because if not, we begin to be led by our, by our own thought life. I mean, fears, things that are emotions, things that, 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 go, that go contrary to, to the Word of God. And when we are led by those things, we'll begin to ask and press in and seek God for things. And He'll give them to you if you, if you keep on pressing in from. You say, well, give me an example. Well, how about, how about uh, the Israelites? Amen. You know, God set judges before their path. He had prophets that were leading them. He had, he had great things going, going on in the midst of them. And what, what did the children of Israel say? We want to be like the rest of the world. We want a king. Amen. We want, we want a physical person here on earth. We want a king that we, can, that we can be led to. And what happened? This happened during the days of Samuel. And Samuel was, Samuel was distraught. He was in mourning during this time. And he was like, oh, Lord, you know, you know, I can't believe they're doing these things. I can't believe. And the Lord said, hey, hey, Samuel, don't, you don't, don't, don't worry about these things. Don't mourn. They're not, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me as their king. They're rejecting me in my ways. They're rejecting me. But I will give them what they desire. And what did he do? He gave him a king. One that looked like a good stately king, big and strong. And, and it was a, he, was a, he was a great king. He got led off track, amen. And then he provided 
provide him another king. He wasn't. He didn't give him a bad king. No, uh, Saul made some bad decisions. Amen. But he 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 brought that back and gave him a good king. And King David, amen? I mean, God will give you some things that you desire, even if it's not his will. Church, I'll give you another example. Even, even um, in the, in, regarding the Old Testament, the Israelites, when they went to Mount Sinai, you know, God came into their presence. I mean, why? Because God wanted to communicate with them. You know, and what they do? They said, no, 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 no. No, we, we don't, we don't, we don't want to speak to God. That, that voice is too terrifying. It's too, it's too powerful for us. Moses, why don't you be, why don't you be our mediator? Amen. You talk to God on our behalf. And, and, and so we don't have to do these things. Amen. It's, it's, it's crazy. God wanted to communicate and commune with them, but they didn't want it. They, they want Moses. What did God do? He allowed Moses to be their mediator. Amen. And you say, well, that was the Old Testament church. It happens today. It happens, it happens the same just today as it did back then. You say, what do I mean by that? You know, well, pastor, why don't you pray? Pastor, why don't you study the Word of God? Pastor, why don't you, why don't you press in and get intimate with the things of God? Because, man, I'm busy. I got, I got family. I got, I got work to do. I got all kinds of stuff. Why don't you do those things for me? Why don't you be my mediator? Well, I'm telling you, God did not call me to be a mediator. You know what God called me to do? To train you up. He called me to train you up to seek out the things of God. He called... He need to train you up to get into his presence. He called me to train you up to get intimate in the things of God. Not for me to do them for you. Amen. But to show you how these things are to be done. Amen. Praise God for us. God God will not always give us everything we ask for, but sometimes he'll give us things that, that we do ask, even if it's not his will. But I tell you what, God will give you everything if it lines up uh, with the scriptures. If it is scriptural and lines up with his will, he will give you everything. Amen. You say, why is that? Because we become consecrated and set under his will he will give you the, the he will give you these desires he will give you everything that you're seeking after why because your desires become his desire the things that you're that you're seeking after are the things that he's seeking after the things that you see are the things that he's seeing the things that you're saying are are, are what he's saying the things that you're doing are the things that he is doing amen yeah, let, let, let's go with me here to, to psalms 37 real quick let me just touch on this real quick Psalms 37 is a powerful scripture here that gets, uh, that is mistaken. Amen. Now, in Psalms uh, 37 verse uh, 3, that is, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. He goes, delight, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Trust him also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And then verse 7, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Amen. I, I love this scripture in verse 4. It says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You know, this 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 scripture is so misunderstood sometimes as it's, you know, people quote this verse as, as like God is our, is our genie that we, you know, that we, you know, to rub on that lamp a little bit and poof, you know, here comes God. He's going to answer anything that you have. You got three wishes and he's going to give you each and every one of them. Now he's, he's not our wishing well that you can, you can flip a, a, a dime or a penny into the, into the wishing well. And now you can get your wish. That's not, that's not what God is doing. That's not what this verse is saying. I mean, cause he won't give you every desire of your heart. 
heart. Amen. He's not going to give you, he's not going to give you your neighbor's wife. Amen. I don't know why I'm on these things right now, but he's not going to give you your neighbor's wife. You know, some people look up and say, man, that man, my neighbor's wife, she's so beautiful. Man, man, that man's so ugly. He's mean. You know, he doesn't treat her right. God, would you just bless me with my neighbor's wife? I, she deserves me. God's not going to do that. That's insane to think that, that away. He's not going to give you every desire of your heart. He's not going to give you a money tree to plant in your garden. Church, he's not going to put a million euros in your bank account. You can stop. You can stop believing God for that. Stop requesting. Lord, just put a, year, a million euros in my bank account and everything's going to be okay. That's not the way God operates. He's not a counterfeit. I'm telling you, if you did get a, if you did end up getting a million euros in your bank account, you better contact the bank, amen. Because if you go on spending that that money, you're going to be accountable for it. Why? Because it would have been a mistake on the bank side, and they're going to come for it, amen. Why? Because God doesn't operate that way, amen. He He gives us the ability to acquire wealth. He gives us the ability to prosper. He gives us seed to where we can sow and reap and reap a harvest back on those things. He does not. He is not a counterfeit to manipulate the economy. That, that is not how our God works, amen. He, he's not, he is not our wishing well. There, now, when we, when we look at this verse here, there are qualifications, amen, to, for the desires of our heart to be met. First one, it says, trust in the Lord. Hello? It says, trust in the Lord. Amen. Another verse says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in the government. Don't trust in your bank accounts. Don't trust in your job. Don't trust in your wife or your children. Don't, don't trust in your parents. Amen. Don't, it says, trust in the Lord. Amen. Don't trust in how much money you have. Don't trust in the Lord. Amen. We got to put our faith, our trust in the word of God. It has to supersede everything in our life. Amen. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like. It doesn't matter the way things look in your life. It doesn't matter what people are coming against you. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Our trust has to be in the Lord. And it says, and do good. Amen. Don't do evil. Don't yield to the world system. Don't yield to the things that the adversary is trying to get you to do. Do good. Do, do things the way God is desiring you to do them. He goes, and you shall dwell in the land and you shall be fed. He says, delight thyself in the Lord. Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, what does delight mean? Oh, is it like uh, drinking a good cup of tea and you have delight? You know, it seems like, I don't know, many people seem to, to think of delight that way, like it's a joy. It's not, that's not what this is talking about. I mean, the, the, not the Greek word, but the Hebrew word for, for delight here is anag. I mean, it means, it means to, be, to be soft. It means to be delicate. It means to be pliable. Amen. Such as, such as to be effeminate or to be feminine or to be, to be luxurious. Amen. It's saying delight, be soft, be delicate, be pliable in the hands of God. Amen. So what's he talking about? If you'll be, if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, if you'll be pliable, if you'll be pliable, if you'll allow God to mold you. Amen. How many of you know before you got saved, you're just a big blob of like clay? Amen. There was no, there was the, you're, you're, you know, had, you're manipulated and you were in the shape and the form of everything that was going on in the world, just like Pastor Kimberly was talking about of, you know, under your, under your God, under your, under your, uh, person and authority under your ruler of uh, Satan. Amen. But when we get, when we get reborn, God desires to shape you, but you got to be pliable. Amen. So, so as soon as you get saved, what happens that, 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 that wheel starts spinning. Amen. He starts molding you into, into, into Jesus. He starts molding you into, into, into perfection. It just like he's created your spirit. He starts molding you into that. Amen. And then what does he do? He starts, he starts cutting off things that don't look like Jesus. Well, well, that didn't look like Jesus. Well, well, that didn't look like Jesus. But, but the only way he can do that is if we allow ourselves to be moldable. If we 
allow ourselves to be pliable. Amen. If we allow ourselves to be pliable in the hands of God, allow him to, 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 to cut off, to shape us into, into perfection that he's already, he's already made us in our spirit, man. If we, if we allow him to mold us and perfect us in those things, it says that he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that, that everything you desire, he's going to give it to you. No, it means that he's going to give you the desires of your heart, that, that he is going to, he has desires. He says, you know what, uh, you know what, Kimberly, there, there's some desires I have for you to do in, in your lifetime, what you're created for in this life. Now he has those desires even before she was created. He put those desires in her heart. Amen. There are desires that are, that are there. So as we are, as we're molded unto him, God places these desires in your heart. And then those desires are what he gives back unto you. It's not just any old desire that you have. He doesn't give you your carnal desires. Amen. He gives you the desires that he's placed on the inside of you. Church, even, even myself, you know, there's, I, I can, I can look at things, I, you know, like I've told you probably a hundred times, you know, I, I didn't have a desire to be in ministry. I didn't have a desire to be a preacher. Those things aren't, aren't something that I, I wanted to do as a young man or even as a young adult. I didn't want to do those things. I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to be the center of attention. I wanted to do my own thing. Amen. But, but as I got as I got reborn and yielded myself unto the things of God, I made myself pliable, amen? And then I, I recognized there was desires that God's placed on the inside of my heart that I never knew existed. I didn't know I could do them. I didn't know I wanted to do them. I didn't know I wanted to come to Ireland. I didn't know I wanted to be a missionary. I didn't know I wanted to be a preacher. But, but as, as I yielded to those things, those desires came forth and he gave me every desire of my heart. Things I didn't even know that were my desires, he began to give them. He began to give them to me. Why? Because there are things that he's gave to me. He, he placed them there in my heart. Amen. Now you look at uh, um, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says, therefore, whatsoever things you desire, amen, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Amen. What, whatsoever things we desire as we are consecrated and molded into, in, into the things of God, into his, in his will and his desires for our lives. And we are molded into that. Every one of these desires as we are yielded unto him, consecrated to him. But why? Because our desires become his desires. Amen. He gives you all the desires of your heart. I'm telling you, God is good. Amen. We can, but we got to look at the word of God through, through the correct through the correct lenses, amen. We can look at the Word of God through the lenses of the Holy Ghost, not through not through the lenses of religion, not through the lenses of what you know of greed and what I what I can get in my pockets, amen. Look through look at the Word through the lens of the Holy Ghost to see. Well, he, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is a good teacher, amen. He is the, he is the greatest teacher. I've had a lot of good teachers in my life, but he is the greatest, amen. So what do we do? We pray. Amen. As we're as we're seeking these things, we're talking about prayer. As we as we pray, we've 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 discussed here. We've discussed here for the last couple of weeks. There's several different kinds of prayer that we can pray. I mean, as we as we get into into prayer or communion or conversation with the Lord, this is when those desires start coming out of you. These are when the desires start start rolling out, and you start confessing these things unto the Lord. We know there's there's several different ways to pray. Amen. That's why it says pray uh, pray without ceasing, or it says uh, pray always, right, with all prayers, because there's many different kinds of prayers that we can pray. We can have the prayers of petition, which which are, which are wants and desires that we have in our life. Amen. Those aren't bad things to ask for. God knows uh, the wants you need. He knows the desires you have. He knows them before you even request them. They're, they're not a bad thing. Amen. But you'll, you'll find the more you mature in the things of God, this will be the least kind of prayer you pray. Why? Because you'll, you'll see that God's already meeting these needs. He's already placed a provision out in your life. Amen. And you'll, you'll see these things are met and you'll begin to focus on 
other people more so. You'll be focused on the kingdom of God more so than you will yourself. Amen. We saw there's the prayer of consecration, right? The prayer of consecration, yielding ourselves unto God, placing ourselves under his authority, desiring our desires to be the desires that God has for us. Amen. That the, the very things that God speaks will only be the things that we speak. The things that, that God does are the only things that we do. Amen. This is, this is consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. Amen. That, that uh, not my will be done, but thine be done in our lives. Amen. And then last week we talked about the prayer of authority, right? Powerful. Talked about the prayer of authority enforcing the protocols of the king here on this earth. Amen. That, that's some powerful stuff, church. We need, to, we need to come to the understanding of what we're doing and, and in prayer life, the different types of prayer, because we are called to enforce the protocols of the king here on this earth. What is, what is that? That's making demands in the, man, in the name of Jesus, as John 14 talks about. Making demands in the name of Jesus to what? To sickness, to, to disease, to demons, amen, to circumstances, to storms that rise up in your life. It's, it's making those demands in the name of Jesus. But we got to understand one thing, right? We are we are under the authority of the one that has sent us. Amen. We got to be in authority or under authority to be in authority. Amen. We need to be under Jesus's authority to be able to use his name. We got to be under spiritual authority. Amen. To be able to to yield to everything that God has placed in our life. These these are these are things to protect us. Amen. Not not push back against us. Well, next I want to talk about the prayer of consecration. In verse 19, it says, and Paul talking to to the church at Ephesus here, he says, and for me. And the utterance has been given to me that I may open my mouth boldly. He goes and make my and make known the mysteries of the gospel, for I may be an ambassador in the bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. We have also the prayer of intercession. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here because I believe we most of us understand what this is talking about. What is, but what is the prayer of intercession? The prayer of intercession is simple. It's standing in the gap for someone else. Amen. It's standing in the gap in prayer for, for someone else, uh, standing in gap um, on behalf of someone else and, and to God. Amen. In the Greek, this, this word intercession literally means to fall in on behalf of someone else, to fall in on behalf of, an, of someone else. Just like, like in a war when someone gets injured, you know, the, the next line will move forward and they'll fall in on behalf of that person that's injured. Or like when we're moving someone's house, right? Some, uh, you know, you'll see some of your mates are, are gathering up and we're moving all the heavy furniture. Well, well, you know, some of the, you know, some of the, some of the boys they can't lift as much as you can, right? So, but they 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 want to grab a hold of something heavy and they lift it. Well, when you're looking over there and, and you watch them and you see it, they can't handle. They can't go up the the flight of stairs with all that weight they have and they begin to crumble under that weight. We what do we do? We we fall in on behalf of them. We we go in and we we grab the weight to where our strength begins to come. Their strength. Our intimacy amen becomes their intimacy this is a this is a this is going in on behalf of someone else amen now we need to know we need to know for this type of prayer to go forth we have to know the situations or the things that are that are that are that we need to pray for you know if we're going to be speaking in english coming to god on something we have to know what the situation is to where we can we can go we have to see it with our eyes we have to know it someone has to tell it to us amen now as you, like I, I said before, as we become, as we become selfless in the kingdom, as we become selfless Christians, 
amen, and be more led by the Spirit of God, you, you'll see that uh, that compassion and love begin to steward our prayer life. And when passion and love begin to steward your prayer life, you'll see that you like to fall in on behalf of other people on a regular basis, amen. Things that you know people need need of, you, you begin to pray for them. You begin to seek God on their behalf. You begin to seek, you know, things that, that churches may be able to get help, that missionaries may be able to help, that your neighbor, that your friend, that this person may get saved, that this, you know, you, you begin to fall in on behalf of other people. Why? Because it's not all about you. Amen. It's about the kingdom of God. But what I want to get in today more specifically is what do we do when we when we get into uh, when we find ourselves in situations where we don't know what's going on, when we don't know things that are going on in people's lives, when we don't know uh, what's going on in, even in our own lives or the things that are coming up in the future, how do we pray? How do we intercede on on, the, on behalf of that? How do we pray when we don't when we're at loss of words and we don't know what uh, what to pray or or, or how to pray? How, what do we what do we do when 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 these things come in our midst? Amen. This is what verse this is what verse eighteen was talking about here. Amen. It, it gives us a, 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 Paul gives us a, uh, this is one of the prayers that Paul is talking about here. He says, he says, pray always with all prayers. I mean, we've talked about that, right? You know, prayers of authority, prayers of petition, prayer and agreement, the prayer of faith, uh, prayers of consecration, you know, uh, prayers of petition. We, we, we've covered these. Amen. It, pray always with all prayer, but, but there's a next where it says, and it says, and supplications, in the spirit. He goes, pray with all, always with all kinds of prayers and supplications or and petitions of the spirit and petitions in the spirit. Now, why did God separate these two? Why did the Holy Ghost speaking through Paul? Why, why did he separate these two? Because they're two, they're two completely separate types of praying. Amen. They're completely two separate ways of praying. One is praying in the language that you understand. Amen. And then the other one is praying in tongues. You say, Oh Lord, are we going to talk about praying in tongues? Yes, we're going to talk about praying in tongues. Amen. This is a powerful tool that we need to know and we need to understand in the Bible. Of Christ today, man. Church praying in tongues or praying in the spirit is probably one of the most controversial subjects in the body of Christ today. It is is what separates churches. Is what denominate certain denominations will will hinder you, will will harm you, will 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 criticize you for doing those things. And, I, and I'm telling you, it's 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 one of the most powerful things that we need to understand in the body of Christ that we need to operate in. I mean, there's there's some good reason why it's controversial. Amen. Why? Because the adversary knows if he can get if he can get in you, if he can if he can manipulate some words, if he can get you to doubt just a small portion of scripture. I mean, it'll, it, you'll, you'll begin to doubt something in every single book, every single chapter that's in this Word of God. I mean, if He can get you to doubt praying in the Spirit, He can, he can get you away from the power and the intimacy of the Holy Ghost. He, he's doing it for a reason, church. He's bringing divides and putting in uh, and, and uh, ha- hammering in uh, division into the church for a reason because He's trying to separate you. He's trying to hinder you. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to get you to where you can't operate and what God has for each and every one of you. I'm telling you, church, it's not, it's not people that hate people praying or speaking in tongues. It's the adversary. Remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers, amen, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Satan hates you praying in the Spirit. Why? Because he doesn't know what you're saying. He doesn't know. He can't come against you. It's a direct language between you and the, and the Father himself, and he can't understand it. He don't know what God's going to do on your behalf. He don't know what you're praying, and it, and it irritates the fire out of him. Amen. And praise God that he's given it to each and every one of us. You say, well, 
ah, our, our, our tongues are, are praying. Is that, is, that really, is that really for the church nowadays? Is that really what we should be doing? Well, well, what do we do? We go to the authority. We go to the Word of God. We don't go to our denominational doctrines. No, we go to the Word of God and allow it to underguard everything we believe. Amen. So what does Mark chapter 16, verse 17 say? You ought to have it memorized because I talk about these verses all the time. Amen. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers out there? These signs will follow them that believe. They, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These, these aren't suggestions. Jesus himself, speaking to the disciples, speaking to the apostles, speaking to Island Church Dundalk, said, if you're a believer of me, if you believe me, if you believe my word, if you believe me, if you believe my word, let me say that one more time. If you believe in me, you believe my word. Amen. What did, what did Jesus say? Those that love me, they keep my commands. If you believe me and you believe my word, he said, these signs are going to begin to follow you that believe. What happens? In my name, when you walk in the authority of my name, you'll be able to speak to a devil and it'll leave. You'll have no choice about it. It'll be a sign. It'll be a revealing to the world around you that you are one of mine, that you're a believer. He says, you will speak in new tongues. It's not speaking in a different language. It's not new tongues. Is it me speaking in French or speaking in German or speaking in, in uh, Afrikaans? No, no. Speaking in tongues is a heavenly language. It's, it's, a, it's a new language that, that the humanity doesn't know. It's, it's speaking in a new tongue. Amen. It's that why it's a sign to the believer. It's a sign to the people around. It's a sign that you are, that you are a believer just as much as when I lay hands on the sick, it is an absolute sign that I'm a believer, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm, I'm some grain anointed, but no, it's because I'm a believer church. And I believe what the word of God says. I believe in what the Lord is doing on the inside of me. I believe in who he's created me to be. Amen. We got to put our, our, our focus, our concentration and our trust in what the word says, not anything else. So our, our, our tongues today, Amen? Or are they for today? Well, the word says it's an absolute sign for it. Amen? It doesn't say, it may be, it's just for these Christians, it's just for those Christians, it's just for this, the non- no, no, it says it's a sign to the believer, not just to the Pentecostals. It's a, it's a sign to the believer, each and every person that has been reborn. Amen, church, you hear this today. If you have been reborn, if, if, you have, if you have the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of you, you have the ability to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, have the, the full immersion of the Holy Ghost to come upon you. Just like you get baptized in water and you get fully immersed in water, you have the ability to have the full immersion of the Holy Ghost to come upon you. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it gives you this gift, this gift of the Spirit to speak in tongues. This is what Acts chapter 1 and 2 is talking about here. We need to get to that place and we'll probably study this when we when we get back into and church as as a group here in uh, in the next month but but this is this is the fullness the baptism the fullness of god coming upon us amen and engulfing us in his power and he gives you gifts amen these gifts are to speaking in in the spirit amen it's not like i said before it's not just for certain denominations it's not for just a man it's not for a woman it's not just for the early church amen it wasn't for for these people oh oh they need to start them off in tongues but now we taken it we took tongues away no no church come on come on now what god has started in us he's also gonna uh, he's also gonna fulfill he, he's able to perfect those things that we that we start in amen it is us for it is us for uh it's for us for that believe and yield into the commands of god for our lives amen how many you know i'll, I'll use that word command how, how many how many you know that that god gives us commands Amen.
And one of the commands he gave us was to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm telling you, that, that'll, that'll irritate some people when I say that right there. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Read the Bible. Amen. Allow, allow the Word to, to undergird your, what you believe and what you think. Amen. The Word says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he says, and being assembled together with them. Who's he talking about? Jesus. When Jesus came and he was assembled together with the church, with, with, his, with his people. See, they're already, they were already saved at this time, according to John chapter 20. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, but this, one of his last visits, he came to them and he, and he says that he was assembled together with them and then he did what? He commanded them. He didn't say, I think it may be a good idea. Oh, well, you know what? If, you, if you're from this part of the world, you, sh you should do it. Oh, well, you know what? If you're, if you're black, you ought to do it. If you're white, you ought to do it. If you're male, you ought to do it. If you're female, you ought to do it. You know, if you're, if you wanna, if you're one of those that want to be a, a Pentecostal, you ought to do it. Now, that's not what he said. He says, I, he says, he commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but, but wait there to tarry there and, and, uh, and wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, which you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but, not, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Not many days hence. And what about 10 days later after a powerful prayer meeting, they were all fully immersed in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And it, and it started an uproar in Jerusalem. About 3,000 people got saved. Amen. Why? Because this was, this was the birthing of the fullness of the power of God coming on the people. Amen. Now, the true question is, I would say to you, church, family, people that are, that are, that are questioning the things that I'm saying, it's not that is the true question is if tongues are for today. That shouldn't be the question. The true question is to be, should we, should we not be yielding to the gifts that God has given us and uh, here at, to the church, that the gift that God has given to each and every one of us? Should we not yield to those giftings? Should we not yield to those promises? That, that should be the real question, not if something in the Word is for today or if it's from the past. Amen. Now, tongues are absolutely for today. Praying in the Spirit is absolutely for today. Amen. Paul specifically cuts it out and separates it from different types of prayers that we should be praying. Amen. He says, uh, praying always with all prayers and supplications or petitions in the Spirit. You know, praying in tongues is one of the greatest weapons. Now, listen, when you, when you hear me talking here today, you're going to hear me, you know, say praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. Now those two things are, are the exact same thing. Amen. It's just two different ways of saying it. So when I'm, when I'm going to use them interchangeably, know that I'm talking about praying in tongues is the same thing as praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is the same thing as praying in tongues. Amen. But praying in the spirit is one of the greatest things that you can do. It is one of the greatest things we can, we can do in our life as the New Testament church. Amen. John chapter, uh, John 120, or, or you could say John 20, because there's only one chapter there. It, this verse says, but you beloved, building yourself up in the whole, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit of God, praying in tongues. Amen. But you, my beloved, Jesus talking to his beloved church here through, through, uh, through Jude, he says, he says, build up yourselves in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. He's not saying this is how you get faith. Oh, come on, church. You know, right? How do we get faith? We get faith by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He's not saying you get faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Build yourself up in the most holy faith by how? By praying in the Holy Ghost, by praying in the Spirit, by praying in the tongues. What is this most holy faith? That we have been, uh, that we have been made a new creation, that we are holy, that you are righteous unto God, that you are acceptable, incorrect relationship with God, that you, that you have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is raised and it's living, it's dwelling on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have the ability to become intimate 
with the Holy Ghost intimate, with the Father intimate, with Jesus himself through the righteousness that Jesus has given you. This is that we build ourselves up in that most holy faith. We build ourselves up in what Jesus has done for us by what? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it gets us intimate with him. It gets us intimate with the Spirit of God. It gets you intimate with the Father. It gets you intimate with Jesus himself. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm going to kind of jump around here a little bit today, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14 some powerful verses here. This is a powerful chapter here. We, we talked about a lot of this when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But uh, in verse 4, it says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Amen? Do you want to edify yourself? It says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue, he that prays in a spirit, he that prays in tongue, what does he do? He's edifying himself. He edifies himself. Now, now what does this mean? To edify literally, literally means to build up, to erect, as in a building process or building a house or to fully bring into, into purpose something that's being built. This is what the word edify means. It's like adding an extension onto your house or, or building a house, amen? It is building something up for a purpose, amen? Now, Edifying doesn't necessarily happen accidentally. <laughs> Amen. You can't get, you don't, get, you may get edified accidentally, but that edification doesn't come from something that, that happens accidentally. Just like when we're, just like when you're building a house or you're having a building process, it takes great effort and it takes great time to get it done. I mean, we just, we just went through building, uh, building the church over here. I have a full understanding of what this word edify means. I mean, as we were building up, it took, it took great time. It took great effort. You know, first we had to, to get with the, uh, the planning permission, which, which took great time, amen? And then we had to get with architects and engineers, and then we had to get with builders, amen? Then we had to get money to take care of these things. Then, then it took great effort to start building and start breaking down walls, start poking holes in walls and putting in doors. It took a great effort for these things to come to pass. We you know, had to put pipes in the ground, had to put you know toilets and all kinds of wonderful things that we need. But to bring it to its full purpose. It took a lot of time and it took a great effort for those things to happen. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when we pray in the spirit. It's the same thing when you when you're edifying yourself, when you're building self, when you build yourself up in tongues. It takes time, church. And it, it is an effort. I mean you're gonna you're gonna have to force yourself to do these things. You're gonna have to make time to do it. You know yeah, uh, as, as this, this, is what, this is what I talk about when I say we need to press into the things of God. Amen. It's not just, oh, everything's, uh, no, no, you need to press yourself into the things of God. You need, to, you need to violently press yourself into the presence of God. Amen. Why do I say that? Because sometimes it's easy. Amen. I mean, I've, I've sat here in this chair sitting across from me and sometimes I, 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 I kneel down, get on my knees and begin to pray in the spirit. And in two minutes, I'm in, I'm in the spirit. Amen. And God's in this room and we're, and we're communicating. And, and things are going, going. it's an amazing time of prayer. But then sometimes it'll take me 45 minutes. Sometimes it's taking me an hour. Why? Because my mind will be going nuts and I'm trying to get my flesh under control, getting my mind focused on, what, on what's going on. But you got to press it. You got to, you got to, you got to, it takes a great effort. And it takes time. I mean, just don't, just don't sit there and say, oh, well, I'm going to edify myself up. Oh, 30 seconds have gone. I'm good to go. No, 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 no. No, it takes, it takes a great time. It takes an effort and the things that we're doing, amen, to build ourselves up in, the, in our most holy faith, to, to build ourselves up in, in, a, in, in an unknown tongue, amen. Now, now many, many teachers, amen, including myself, 
You know, but many teachers will liken edify, edification or edifying yourself, not to just the building process, but, but to in the, in the process of charging. Amen. Like, like charging up a battery, like you're, you're building up a battery. Amen. Now, now I don't know about you guys that any of you that have had a, a car that, that you left your light on all night, like my wife does from time to time. When you leave a light on the inside, it, what does it do? It drains your battery to nothing. Amen. And what happens? You go out in the morning, click, 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 click. Right? Click, 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 click. It, it won't, it won't fire over. It won't, it won't perform to its desired purpose. Amen. But what do you do? It takes, time and it takes effort it takes effort you take that battery out of the car you take it into your sharp you you charge that battery up and it takes a time in charging that battery up what is it doing it's bringing something that was that was weak and not able to fulfill its purpose to where when it gets charged up and you put it back in the car it fulfills a purpose you can hit that button or you can turn the key and your car will instantly start up it is recharged re-energized built back up amen into what it was designed for. This, this is exactly the, what it's like praying in the Spirit. It's exactly like praying in tongues. We gotta take time out of our, out of our busy schedule. You, you gotta make time to get into communion. You gotta make time to get intimate, to recharge your spirit. Recharge your spirit, man, to where it can be the leader in, uh, of your body. It can, be the, it, can, it can help your mind dominate your flesh and, and have a two-thirds majority in everything in your life, amen? We need to recharge our, our spirit to its full potential, to its full potential. Why? You want to be, you want to be victorious in everything you do? Church, I'm telling you, you need to pray in the spirit. You want to be, you want to be victorious and not, and not get, not get sideswiped or get, or get, uh, get hindered or get distracted or get injured by the enemy and his tactics. Church, you need to, you need to pray in the spirit. You know, you want to be, you want to build yourself up and get energized and be completely confident in who you are as you get intimate with the Spirit of God, intimate with Jesus, intimate with that, with that identity in Christ. Church, you're gonna have to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're gonna have to pray in the Spirit of God. Now, this is as I as I pray in the Spirit, this is this is probably the times I've I've heard from, from the Lord more than any other time I've heard from. It is it is the it is the place in my life where I've been able to distinguish the voice of the Lord and the voice of my mind. Amen. See, this is the problem with most of the church nowadays. They they can't decipher if my mind's saying this, if the devil's speaking this to my mind, or if it's a desire I have in my mind, or if it's the Holy Ghost speaking to me. They can't decipher these things because they haven't got intimate with the Holy Ghost. They're not praying in his language, they're not praying in the gift that God has given each and every one of us this this is how i've been able to decipher you know if my mind's telling me something if my if the if the adversary's telling me something or if the holy ghost is trying why because i know what the voice of the lord sounds like I, I know it i have no doubt about it when when he speaks or when he leads when he directs me into things because i spend much time praying in the spirit i spend much time praying in the spirit he says, so he that speaks an unknown tongue edifies himself. You edify yourself. You build up, you recharge yourself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. He goes, I would that you, that you spoke with tongues. He goes, I would that you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that, that prophesies than he that speaks with, uh, with tongues, except he interprets that the church may receive edification. So, so what, what, what is the Lord talking about here? It's like he just, he just, he just hit a different gear here. Well, remember, if you go back and, and, and go back over these messages we, we put forth when we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, you'll remember there's two different types of tongues, right? 
right? There's two different types of tongues that can come forth out of you. One is a public gift and one is a private gift or a devotional gift, right? One's a public gift for the edification of the church. One is a private gift for your own spiritual edification. Amen. Now, both the public and the private, both of these are the gift of tongues talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They are both are the gift of, of tongues. This is why you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost because you can't, you can't have this, this gift operating through you until you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But both of them are a gift of the Spirit operating through each and every one of you. Now, what is this public gift? Amen. We know the public gift is it is as as uh, as First Corinthians chapter twelve, I think verse eleven says, it's as the Spirit wills. Amen. So when we get into when we get into a church service, when we get a congregation together, and the and the Lord desires to say something in a tongue as the Spirit wills, it says it needs to have an interpretation. It has to have an interpretation to go with it. Why? Because people can't get edified when you're speaking in tongues. They have no clue with what you're doing. It doesn't edify their spirit when you speak in tongues. No, that only that only edifies your own spirit. So when we're in the congregation of a people, when we when a, when a tongue goes forth, there has to be an interpretation to go forth with it. It has to. Why? Because it will. That interpretation will then it will build up the church. It will edify the church. It will recharge the church. See, see, this is why Paul, by the Holy Ghost through Paul, speaks and says, you know, I want you guys to prophesy, Amen. Because why the the church of Corinth? That's all they did was praying, uh, speaking tongues. I mean, tongues were going forth. Everyone is going nuts, and that's all you heard was tongues 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 and the and the and the congregation amen he says no no i want you guys to speak and prophesy to the church desire to prophesy amen unless unless because it's greater right Proph- uh, prophecy is better why because people get something from it he goes unless if you're going to speak in tongues pray that there be an interpretation that goes forth with it why so it will edify the people just like prophecy how many of y'all know that tongues and interpretations of tongues are equal with prophecy when you have the interpretation Amen. But in a public setting, we have to have the interpretation, not just tongues going forth. Why? Because it. Amen. Because people, <laughs> I don't know how deep I want to go into this, but but because uh, uh, you can't go into service. I'm telling you, it'd be absolutely nuts. If you walk into a service, just like just like Paul would in the church at Corinth, and everyone's speaking in tongues, it, it, it people that are that are saved filled the Holy Ghost would think it's crazy. And but what happens when you get visitors coming in? It's gonna it's gonna think they're crazy as well. Amen. Now it says tongues are as a sign to the to the unbeliever, but but those those times those tongues that come as a sign to the unbeliever, they'll come into a language to the unbeliever that they can hear, that they recognize, that they understand. Amen. But we need to have order in everything we do. Now praise God, we can and when we're worshiping. God and things are going on. We can we can pray. We can pray in the spirit. We can we can sing in the spirit, and and amazing things can go forth in the in the congregation. But I'm telling you what, there's a time for everything. Amen. We don't we don't interrupt a, a message when the Holy Ghost is trying to to speak through through a message or a sermon, and we don't interrupt those things and start speaking in tongues. No, that's not that's not. We got to have order in the things that we're doing. Amen. We allow prophecy to go forth where people can get edified. Amen. We have order. Amen. I'll leave it at that on that public gift because I can probably go there for a while. We can, we can, we have to uh, allow the interpretation to come forth with it. Now, what about our, our the private gift? Amen. The devotional tongues. It is for what it is for building up our spirit. Not, not your neighbor. Not your wife, not your children. It's to build up your and re-energize and recharge your own spirit. Amen. You say, well, can I have an interpretation 
when I'm praying in the Spirit, when I'm praying, I'm like, yeah, absolutely you can. If you ask God for that interpretation, why? Because it's a gift of the Spirit, amen? It'll come as the Spirit wills, amen? You can, you can even in your own prayer life, when you're at home and you're, you're praying, God, God will give you an interpretation if you request those things. Now, He may not give you an interpretation of everything you're praying. You say, well, why is that? Because some things you just don't need to know. Amen. Some things are, you're, you may be praying for other people. You may be praying for situations that you don't need to know. Some things may just be a little bit too heavy for you to, get, to, to grab a hold on. It may be too, too big for you to grab a hold on. Sometimes you may be praying out your own destiny. And I'm telling you, if I knew what my destiny was when I, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I, I would have freaked me out knowing that I, would, that I was going to leave the things that I was doing and become a minister. Amen. And become uh, you know, a pastor over here in Ireland. Those things would have freaked me out, but I guarantee you I was praying these things things out. Why? Because the Holy Ghost knows what we need to pray. Amen. Now, you can ask. Some ask. I understand as we, as we pray in the Spirit, you can get recharged up. But is, is, that, is that all praying in the Holy Ghost will do for you? It just, it just builds up my spirit. Because I, I pray and I don't, even, I don't even know, I don't even feel recharged up. Well, let me tell you, don't go off of your feelings. Amen? Let me just address that real quick. We don't go off of our feelings. We don't go off of our emotions. I mean, your, your flesh isn't getting anything from this. Your mind's not getting anything from it. Your spirit is getting something from it. Your spirit is what is getting re-energized. Amen. That's getting charged up. And Romans chapter 8, I love the Man, I'm telling Romans chapter 8, man, it's a powerful chapter. I love this chapter in the Word. But what else can praying in the Spirit do for us? In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities or our weaknesses. As we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit him. It says that your, if your translation says it's spirit itself, you need to take a big red pen and strike through that because this Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is a him. Amen. So, so it says the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, with tongues that cannot be ascertained by our own intellectual mind. He says, and he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit he, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, according to the will of God. So what else does what else does praying in the Spirit do? It helps us have the perfect prayer come forth from us. You say, oh, is there even a such thing as a perfect prayer? It is when the, when the Spirit of God's praying through you. When the Holy Ghost prays through you, the perfect prayer will come forth. Now, when you pray in tongues, amen, it is your spirit that is praying. Amen. Your spirit gets connected to your tongue and it is praying, but is the Holy Ghost giving the utterance to your spirit and your spirit prays. Your mind gets absolutely nothing here. Your mind gets absolutely nothing here. You say, well, how do I know that? When any of you guys in here that, that, that pray in the spirit, you know, as you're praying there, your mind can be going a million different directions. I mean, it, it can be going all over the place. Amen. You can, you can sit down. You're, you can be talking, thinking about what you're going to be doing while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Your mind's like, oh man, what do I got to do today? Let me go on my checklist. I wonder if Burger King's going to open back up. I wonder when the church is going to open back up. I wonder when my favorite restaurant's going to open back up. And your mind can be going absolutely nuts. Amen. And why is that? Why is that? Because how can you pray in the Spirit and have your mind going in a different direction? It's simple. It is is the most amazing thing, but the Holy Ghost has the ability to detach your tongue from your mind, amen, and attach it to your spirit. You say, how does that happen? Well, see, when you have a conversation with someone, they ask you a question, you think about it, and then you reply, amen. But when you're speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost takes your tongue and your spirit begins to to speak forth these utterances that, that the Holy Ghost has given you. 
Amen. And, and you know, that's why your mind can go nuts and you can sit there and pray. I tell you what, there's, there's certain scriptures I, I confess every day and I've done it for years. Amen. And I, and I found sometimes I can be halfway through these, these, you know, Psalms 91 or, or the Ephesians 1 and 2 prayer or Colossians or, or Philippians prayers. And I can be, I can be halfway through these and I, and I don't even, and I, I, my, my mind, when I grab it back and get it back under control, you know, I, I've gone through these verses and it stumps me to where I'm like, oh, what was I even praying? Why? Because my spirit was praying these things. Why? Because the word, that Raymond word got stamped on my heart and my spirit was praying these things and my mind had no clue what was going on. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is amazing. He can detach your tongue from your mind and attach it to your spirit and you can pray forth the perfect prayer. Amen. Now, let me mention this to you. When your mind begins to go nuts like that, Amen. You need to get it under discipline. You need to, you need to force it into submission to, to, to pay attention, to get into the practice, the presence of God, if you will, to see, uh, to, to, to be able to yield to what the spirit of God has. You know, I've had, uh, you know, many, some ministers will say it's good to have worship music on. And so you can, while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you can listen and you can sing worship music with your head. Some people say, you know, to, to rehearse scripture in your head while you're praying in the Holy Ghost. But I found that none of those things work for me. It just keeps me distracted. You know, the, the, the only thing that works for me is forcing my mind to begin, begin silent, force it to shut up, force it to, to come under the submission of my spirit and just be quiet and listen to what my, what the Holy Ghost is saying, listen to what my spirit is praying out amen and it will uh in these times in the spirit when i when you get your mind quiet this is this is many times when i've heard words of knowledge words of wisdom uh you know for 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 other people or even for things in my life it's 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 when i force myself to get quiet and then the holy ghost can can take a second the holy ghost don't yell at you amen he speaks nice and softly to you and he will reveal things to you if we can if we can force ourselves to get quiet to hear from him amen now in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10, I love this scripture. It says, but, but as it is written, eye has not seen, neither ear has heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by what? God has revealed them to us by what? By his spirit. By his spirit, for the spirit searches all the things, yeah, even the deep things of God. See, the spirit, he goes, he goes up to the Father and he's interceding for you. He's searching out these deep things, all these deep desires that the Father has for you. And what does he come? He comes and reveals them and he gives them unto your spirit. He gives you the desires of your heart. He gives them unto your spirit. And then you begin to pray these things out in tongues. When you're praying these things out in tongues, don't be surprised if the Holy Ghost switched over and starts speaking to you in English and starts telling you, you know, things that he's trying to reveal to you about things to come and things that aren't to come and things that need to be spoken maybe and maybe some things that don't need to be spoken amen some things that that god reveals to us we need to be led by the holy ghost Mm, to where the Holy Ghost can trust us, amen, to where not everything needs to be revealed that he tells us. Not everything is for everyone, amen, but it may just be the ability that we need to pray. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why people say prayer is such a drag, <laughs> why corporate prayer is a drag, why, why your own personal prayer life is a drag. The only reason it's a drag is because you haven't come into contact with life yet. You haven't come into contact with, with the living God that desires to reveal intimate, secret things 
things of, of, of a realm that you can't see or fathom. Amen. It's powerful stuff that we need to grab a hold of and yield ourselves to and yield ourselves to them. Now, Back in verse of Romans 8, uh, 26 here, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. He helps our weaknesses. For when we don't know what to pray, what we should, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit uh, will help our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. Let me, let me change that. Amen. God's not, it's not that we don't know how to pray. Amen. We've been talking about prayer. We, we know how to pray. We know how to press in. I mean, it's not that you don't know, you don't know uh, how to pray, but it's what, when you don't know what to pray. Amen. You don't know what to pray. You don't know what's going on in the situation. You don't know the words to put to put forth. The Holy Ghost will pray for you. Amen. He will pray for you. Now, many times I've done this myself as, you know, I had a sense on the inside of me that something just wasn't right. I didn't know what to pray. I just had a sense by the leading of the Spirit that something wasn't right that I needed to pray. So what I do is say, Holy Spirit, I know, I know you know everything, Holy Spirit. You know, pray with me. Pray, you know, pray through me so we can get, so we can, we can get these things lined out. We can get these things hammered out. Sometimes Sometimes, sometimes it's been revealed to me. It may have been a friend. It may be a family member. It may have been someone that that I didn't know. Sometimes it's for it's for your children. Amen. How many of y'all know that? If you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will will lead you and guide you for things that they can even help your children. Amen. The Holy Ghost will narc on your children. Why? Because they're under your authority. Amen. They'll they'll help you keep uh, keep your children going down the, the the correct path. Amen. And He will reveal things to you to help them. Amen. But we gotta take that time to get intimate with Him and how he desires to do things. Amen. Now, now, when you get this sense of urgency, amen, to, to pray in the Spirit, to, to something that, 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 you know, just this, this, this uh, leading from the Holy Ghost that comes upon you, where you know you need to, you know, this unction comes upon you to pray in the Spirit. You know, church, I, I tell you, you need to yield to these things. Amen. I remember, I remember, uh, years ago when I was new in the thing, uh, young in the, in the, in the, uh, in the things with the Holy Ghost, I remember being woke up in the middle of the night and, and it started happening on, on sometimes on a frequent basis, sometimes around four o'clock in the morning. And, uh, I went and asked my pastor about it and he goes, he goes, pray in the spirit. You know, that's the Holy Ghost waking up. Just, just yield to that, pray into the spirit. So, so I, I, I made it happen now. Anytime I wake up early in the morning, I'll immediately go into praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why? Because the Holy Ghost has something that need, that you need, you need to yield to that unction. You need to yield into the spirit of God. When you're walking down the street and something just, the Holy Ghost just, just, you know, sends something up to you and you can, you know, and, and you had that sense that you need to pray, begin to pray church. Don't, don't push those things up. Now I'm not saying you need to act like a fool and go pray in tongues at the top of your lungs and everyone thinks you're, you're crazy. No, no, God, that's, that's not what God desires us to do. Amen. No, you just pray under your breath, pray nice and soft. I can pray in the spirit with my wife asleep in bed and she'll never get woken up. Why? Because we can speak nice and softly. Amen. You don't, you don't have to be loud and obnoxious, you know, to be, to be a son or a daughter of God. Amen. We just need to be obedient when the Holy Ghost leads us to do something. Amen. But when we do pray in the spirit, when you do have that unction, don't just pray for a few minutes and stop. You say, what do I mean by that? No, you keep praying, 
pray and pray and pray until you get that note of victory in your life. And what does that mean? Well, you, as you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you have a sense of urgency and, it's, and it, you're praying, you're praying and praying, amen, well, it will come to a time, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, amen, but a note of victory will come up and you'll have like a joy. Sometimes you'll even begin to sing in the Spirit. Sometimes, you know, you'll just, you'll just sen- have a sense of joy come up on the inside of you and that intensity will cease. And then you know you got the answer to the things that you're praying for, amen. I heard this, uh, this testimony of a, of a woman, amen, that was praying, praying in this, uh, that was woke up at, say, at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, she, she woke up and she began to, she began to pray in the spirit. After about an hour, say, she, she was praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, amen. And, and then the Lord gave her a vision. Amen. He, he saw, he, she saw, she saw this man in a, in a hut somewhere in Africa with a bunch of African tribesmen around him and they're all mourning. Amen. This, and this, it looked like it'd be a missionary. He was, he was laying on this, on this bed. Amen. And he was, he was real sick and then he died. Amen. And then they, they, they brought this blanket and they, they pulled it up over his chest and pulled it over, over his face. Amen. And then they walked outside that hut and they began to mourn and they were, they were crying out to God because, because of this missionary that got that, that died in their midst. I think he maybe died of malaria or something like that. Amen. And then a few minutes later, as she was continuing to pray, she saw that missionary walked right out of that hut. And then the whole village started uproaring and they're joyful and praising God and glorifying God for raising this man from the dead. Well, about a year or two years go by, amen, and this, this woman is sitting in, a, in her church, you know, uh, now this wasn't the pastor, no, this was just someone sitting in the church, amen, and she was, she was sitting there and they had a missionary come in and tell what's going on in this African nation that he was, that he was, uh, that he was ministering in. And he got up and he started telling, telling things that were going on, all the great things that God was doing in, in this nation, and then he got into the story and he said, you know, about a year and a half ago, I, I died and God raised me back to life, and as soon as, as soon as he said that, she, she said, I, I recognize, I recognize this man from my vision. And he started telling about how he, how he died from some disease and malaria or something like that. He, he was dying from it and, and how he got raised back to life. And it was amazing testimony and so on and so forth. Well, she went to go meet this guy after the, uh, after the service was over. And she said, do you keep a, do you keep a prayer log? And he said, well, yeah, I do. She said, well, go look in that prayer log the day you died and when you got raised to life. She says, I, I, I almost guarantee I was praying for you in the spirit that night. I saw a vision of you as I, as I, as I was praying. The Holy Ghost just, just woke, opened my eyes up to it, what, what, I was, what I was praying that night. And he goes, okay. So they met a little later before that, that evening service and she brought her prayer log. He brought his. It was, it was on the exact day, even with the different time zone changes at the exact time in the exact day she was praying for this man who died in, the, in this hut amen, and got raised back to life. That was when that note of victory came and she decided to quit, quit praying. It was when this man got raised back to life. It wasn't just a vision of something that wasn't happening. No, it was something that was actually happening as she was praying. The Holy Ghost was revealing these things. Amen. Don't, 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 don't think just when, when you pray in the Spirit, it's, it's for nothing. Amen. You're, you're praying out the perfect prayer. You may be interceding for someone. You may be interceding for your children. You may be interceding for a friend. You may be interceding from, from a friend that's over in Ireland, pastor in a church. You need to, you need to yield yourself under that unction of the Holy Ghost and pray and pray and pray until the Holy Ghost says that you're done. Amen. Now, whoo, hallelujah. Have I, have I gone long today or what? Amen. Oh, oh, let me let me finish up with this. I just got a few more verses. Man, short ones, my love. <laughs> short ones. Our our tongues just 
for this church age? Are they just for us? Yes, they are. Old Testament prophets, Old Testament saints didn't have this ability to pray in tongues. But we as a church, need no wonder why the adversary decides to come in and push back against these saints. Because it is something that is specifically designed for us in the age that we're, that we're living in. You know, you know James 3.8 says, you know, the, uh, but the tongue can no man tame. It is, it is unruly, it's evil, it's full of evil poison. Amen. Now, no man can, tongue, can tame the tongue, but the Holy Ghost can. Amen. As we pray in the Spirit of God, it can bring your tongue into subjection into everything in your life. Now, I'll end with this verse here. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 here, he says, he says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, he says, my spirit prayeth. He goes, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray in the Spirit, but I also pray in my understanding. I will sing in the, in the Spirit, but I also sing with my understanding also. Church, you have a choice in the matter. When we, when you, if you desire to pray in English, you have a choice to pray in English or whatever your native tongue is. If you, if you're going to yield into the Spirit of God when He gives you that utterance, you know, pray in the Spirit. You have the choice to do it. You can pray in the Spirit anytime you want to do it. Now, in tongues and the with the public gift, yeah, that's as as that's as the Spirit gives utterance, Amen. Or as He as He as He chooses, Amen. But but in our own personal life, we can pray anytime we desire. We can pray and the Holy Ghost. We need to pray in the Spirit. Now, it's a, it's a building up. It's a re-energizing church. I, I would say I'm thankful, as Paul would say, I probably pray more in the Spirit than any of you guys out there. Amen. Why? Because I desire to get energized. I rather I desire to get, to get filled up with the things of God. I desire those things. Amen. Amen. Let me give you this last verse, and then we'll, we'll go from there, because this is an important one. In verse 14 of, of, of 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 39, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, he goes, covet to prophesy. Church, we need to covet, we need to desire the spiritual gifts to be operating on the inside of us, to be operating through us, to be that vessel. But he says, forbid not speaking in tongues, but forbid not to speak in tongues. Now, church, I don't know what you, what denominations you've, you've grown up in. I don't know people that are listening to this message. I don't know, I don't know what denominations you've grown up in, but I'm telling you, the word itself says, says forbid not to speak in uh, tongues. Forbid it not. Amen. What does that mean? We need, it's encouraging us. We need to desire to speak in tongues. We just got to know there's protocol, whether it's private or whether it is a public gift. Amen. So listen, God has given us this gift. He has given us the gift of tongues of praying in the spirit for the church today it has not been taken away. It's not for special people. It's not just for Pentecostals. It's for anyone that believes it is a sign unto the believer. But I will tell you, the spirit of the Lord says, if you want it, Church, you got to come and get it. Amen. If you want it, come and get it. Amen. So, so I end, I'll end it there. Remember to keep... Uh keep our uh keep the church in prayer amen that uh that we'll be able to to move forward here at the end of the month and do everything that god's asking us to do even that our doors will be opened up that that people that have not been going to our church will begin to come so they can get the truth uh of the word of god for the days that we're even that we're living in right now so let me pray 
And uh, forgive me for keeping you too long, but praise God, what else are you going to be doing on a Sunday afternoon? Amen. So, so Father, we thank you. We thank you for this ability to come to you. We thank you for, we thank you for your anointing, Lord. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you. And we stand on, uh, just as a tradition of our church, Lord, we stand on Psalms 91. It says that no evil will fall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Why? Because we, because we yield ourselves. We commit ourselves into, into your presence to be intimate with you. And we intimate that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High and we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, we thank you that we are protected in any and everything that we do. Lord, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come in and hinder us and harm us or distract us. Lord, that we are non-distractable. We are, we are committed and undergirded by your word and the leading of your spirit. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gifts that you've placed within us. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be. Lord, we ask you for doors of utterance to be opened up to us as we speak and reveal Jesus into a dying and a hurting world. Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We walk out of here. We leave this message today walking in faith and love towards you and love towards one another. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.